0: Morning. bear down, baby. Yes, yeah, sir. Right. Bears fans,
1: this
2: is take the north. It's real simple, you know. If you take a person's legs away, they
0: can't run. With your hosts, David Haw.
2: Are they setting people up for this unrealistic expectation that 2023 they're suddenly going to use that 100 million dollars in cap space and all of this draft capital they have? Voila playoff contender
1: and Dan Wieter. And you think suddenly that there are going to be 40 new players that are all difference makers. I just don't know what fantasy land that
0: is. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome
2: to the Take the North podcast. I am David Haw from the Mullin Haw show on 670 the score. Dan Wieter from the Chicago Tribune is at Ford Field in Detroit. We're talking to you just after the Bears 41 to 10 lost to the Detroit Lions, they have been now outscored two weeks in a row, 76 to 23. I believe I'm doing the math correctly, Dan. That was pathetic.
1: Yeah, embarrassing entirely embarrassing. And it was just an effort across all three phases. And really the fourth phase, if you want to include coaching that didn't measure up. And it's something that should elevate the level of concern for Chicago Bears fans who see this bright, promising, cheery future. And don't really acknowledge the number of flaws that this football team has that were put on full display by a Lions team that was hungrier, that is playing for something, that knows who it is, that dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, that scored every time it touched the ball for the first seven possessions they had into the game. This was a joke of a performance by the Chicago Bears after the opening touchdown drive to to, to start the game, and they better look at it as a joke right? I know there's one game left in the season and one week for them to go back to practice and get themselves on an on-ramp to the off-season, but you better not go out again in week 18 and embarrass yourself like you did here, or you're going to renew some major concerns about the direction of this thing.
2: You're listening to this on Sunday night or whenever you listen to your uh, Take the North podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We will drop again on Tuesday and then on Friday back to our normal schedule, We'll be talking about the Bears heading into their final game of a lost season, a miserable season that can't end soon enough. Dan, I think that we talk and continue to have the conversation about the lack of talent, which was obvious again today. I feel like this was maybe the worst loss of a long season because it was they were exposed oh, yeah. by the Lions, by the Lions. But I, I I'm, I'm leading in this direction. As bad, as bad as the execution was because of that lack of talent, I think I was more uh, bothered and had my football sensibilities offended by the lack of effort at times because there weren't players selling out to make tackles. There weren't players that you sense were intense. And as I wrote on 670thescore.com, today the I in the hits principle stood for incompetent because (laughs) they just couldn't get it done and they didn't seem like it bothered them to the point where the effort was infected. There was no intensity, and that is concerning.
1: David, a question we asked through August, July – the summer, the spring, into the first month of the season was what does the HITS principle mean? What are the dividends it's, it's going to play? And here we are at the tail end of a season where the Bears have lost more than any team in the 103, or is, you know, no team has lost more in 103 seasons of Bears football than this one. No team has gone longer between victories. They set a franchise record today with their ninth consecutive loss. And yet, to your point, the HITS principle isn't providing anything. There was little hustle, almost no intensity. They did not create a takeaway. They turned the ball over twice. Situational smarts was a joke. And so now you say it's like this season, there's there's all these myths about who the Bears are and who they can become. And it's like little bubbles floating around your backyard in the, in the summer. You just pop them with, with one finger. You just pop them all on, on what this team is. Look, can they get things right? Sure. But are there things established right now? There aren't many. And there are a lot more things to be concerned about, and there are a lot more struggles to document than there are things to be confident about. And there were a lot of those today. To your point, really quickly, I think that the three plays represent everything that you just talked about. Both of DeAndre Swift's touchdowns, yes. a, a, a 17-yard run and a 21-yard catch on a screen pass. He wasn't touched. He didn't. He, nobody laid a finger on him, much less really put in much effort to impede him. And then... In the start of the second half, it's third and 18 on the first possession of the second half. You've got the Lions backed up inside their own 20 and you let a draw play get out of the gates for 35 yards. And then the following in play, you let an end around go for 40. That's that's your Chicago Bears right now. They give up 504 yards today, David, which research. The, the, the preliminary research I did is the most they've given up in a four quarter game since a game you'll remember week 16 in Philadelphia and Mark Tressman's first season <laughs> in 2013
2: it was that bad it was you give up 504 yards on defense dan and yet you could make the argument that the offense was more disappointing giving up seven sacks yes. and having a passing game that was prehistoric and having you know receivers that couldn't get open and an offensive line they couldn't protect and a quarterback that couldn't find them i think all of the above were missing and so it is the only debate in town this week should be which was more embarrassing the offense or the defense of the chicago bears against the Lions, I don't know where you start in terms of addressing this. I don't know if you're Matt Eberflus, if you throw it out or if you just kind of hit reset and make this a one-week season and you're playing for pride and you're challenging people to go out on a on a high note against the Minnesota Vikings. But I think that today was alarming because we had kind of – I don't want to say kidded ourselves, but comforted uh, ourselves a lot by what we were talking about. At least the Bears weren't falling apart. At least they were saying – good things and staying together thought today was a total collapse from a football perspective.
1: Yeah. The bears are competitive in every game bubble pop, pop,
2: pop that bubble. They've been, in their last six games. They've been outscored
1: 32 to 16 by an average score of 32 to 16 teams have scored double the amount of points that they have in their last six games. That's not a small sample size. That's a bigger sample size than the four game sample size that filled the tank of hope there in november when they when they were averaging north of 30 for a four game stretch well again that's 6 games ago now you came into the building today against the lions defense that had given up more points and yards than any team in the nfl and after that first touchdown drive you got nothing done the bears had 50 yards of offense in the second half they had three first downs in the second half you're in a ball game where you're trailing by double digits almost the entire final three quarters and yet your passing game manages 30 net passing yards. If, if you're going to just write these off and, and make excuses and make fallback uh, you know, plans for, for how this is going to get turned around, I've got no answers for you because this, this is not NFL football to have 30 net passing yards in a game. This is not putting the blame solely on Justin Fields. It's not putting the blame solely on the offensive line. There's a combination of things here that's a disaster. They have no receivers. They have a porous offensive line, and the quarterback has not proven to date that he can be consistent as a passer, a productive passer. And if people want to deny that, then they're just talking themselves into something that has has occurred yet. Can Justin get there? Absolutely. Is he wired the right way? Absolutely. Has he shown flashes of playmaking brilliance? Absolutely. Their passing statistics are abysmal. They're historically abysmal and to ignore that is to just set yourself up for major disappointment because that's something that's got to get turned around quickly.
2: You can read Dan Weeder at chicago tribune.com his column will be up on Sunday night and throughout the week. You can read his coverage my column is on 670score.com talking about this game, but also talking about how Kevin Warren can be the guy who comes <laughs> in and, and and gives you something positive to believe in because there's little else right now this week.
1: Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? But to your point about Justin Fields, let's talk about that for a moment, Dan. 7-21 of passing, 75 yards. He was sacked seven times, and he had a lot of throwaways because of the pressure. He held on to the ball too long on occasion. One yeah. of the sacks, I think he had Dante Pettis wide open. Did not have a strong day protecting the football. Was it also, he was 10 carries for 132 yards. He's making history with his legs and he may make more of it next week against the Vikings. But big picture takeaway, the conversation on Monday in Chicago will be inevitably. Should Justin Fields play, in the final game of the season, and should he have played all four quarters against the Lions?
1: Look, today, you know, that was a growing debate on social media on why is he still in there in a blowout like this. The only point I would have taken him out was maybe for the last series of the fourth quarter, but people who wanted him removed in the third quarter are believing that he's reached a state of accomplishment that he hasn't reached yet. Justin needs to experience everything. He needs to experience games where you're getting blown out. He needs to figure out how to try to right the ship within a game. He needs to see defenses coming after him when everybody in the building knows you're going to Pass. These are all experiences a young quarterback has to go through to become the quarterback that you hope he will one day become. People treating him like he's he's already Patrick Mahomes and he's already checked all these boxes, and you just get him out. And like we talked about the other day, you just save him for the the six games that matter the most the next year, and then you ready him for the playoffs, and then you let him play in the Super Bowl, right? Like what what world is this that we're living in? Justin has to go through a lot. He's got to experience a lot. And I, I would say this to Justin's credit. He agrees with that. And he said, anytime I have an opportunity to go out and play with my teammates, anytime I have an opportunity to go and improve myself, I want to take it. And and so there were conversations. And Matty Buflo said to him on the sideline, we're going to keep you in. We think this is beneficial. And there was no pushback. There was no disagreement.
2: And, and that that's the end of it, right? I think his vote matters. I think that's important that they talk through that. I have two thoughts on what you just said. Number one, I would have been okay with him sitting out the fourth quarter earlier than the fr- final series and only because of this what we talked about, the compete level didn't seem to be there. And it didn't seem to be there, not necessarily from him, but if your offensive line, the overall team, if your compete level isn't where it should be, then I do think you might be taking uh, the kind of risk that that you don't typically take when you are all in uh at the beginning of a game throughout a competitive game when you're competing at a high enough level to protect your quarterback the way he should be protected I would have been okay with him pulling him in the fourth quarter certainly not a or requirement but I would have been I would have even recommended that now moving forward that doesn't mean I would sit him against the Vikings absolutely not I think what Matt Eberflew said after the game does have value and merit there you get better at playing football by playing football and Justin Fields has a long way to go as an NFL passer if you don't buy our word for it and you think we're overly critical listen to the general manager who talked to Jeff Joniak before the game on WBBM who just reiterated very matter-of-factly that there's progress to be made in Justin Fields as an NFL passer so this isn't picking on the young man he is shown tremendous leadership. He did again today with the Chase Claypool incident, but I do think he has things that he can still accomplish in a final game. There's risk involved in every practice and every day, and I would play him.
1: Let, let's get to that Claypool incident in a minute, but I do want to address a couple things that you just mentioned there, and one of them is just the idea that you have to make sure that you understand where you're at on the road to success, and the Bears are not far enough along on the road to success to start taking luxurious decisions and making them part of their 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 MO. I mean, this, this team pulled the slot machine lever today and it came across the board in their passing game seven seven seven. That's the number of completions they had, the number of sacks they allowed, and the number of punts that the, that the offense had today. That is not a, a winning formula over here in the, in the Greektown casinos over here in Detroit. That doesn't come up well. You don't get paid for that. They take your money for that and they say, you know, it might be time for you to, 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 to get out of here for the day. Uh, it, it, it's 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 just insane right now to 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 see the number of things this team has to be concerned about. Again, this was the league's worst defense that they were facing. They came into the day healthier offensively than they've been in a while. They had Claypool available to them. Equinemius St. Brown is back from the concussion. Dante Pettis was able to, to, to get cleared to be active today. Tevin Jenkins was back to start. Cody Whitehair was back to start. Well, then what happens, right? Tevin Jenkins lost again to another injury. Neck injured again availability big question there this is a guy that a month ago everyone said he should be in the pro bowl he can't stay on the field right these receivers you traded a second round pick for chase claypool he had more temper tantrums on the sideline than he had catches today one to zero right i mean there's just so many things that are are, are concerning here and, and we've just spent months as a city trying to rationalize oh it's great for a draft pick it's okay if you lose all these games of the future is so bright what Like today was an illumination of of just how unbright it is and how much work they have to do to get, you know, 3,000 flashlights to make it bright.
2: Well, by now, Dan, though, when you have waited 12 years since your last playoff victory, Bears fans have a Ph.D. in rationalization. They're just used to it because they've done it so often. It's a reflex. I get it. It's not right. It's not sensible. But after a day like today, I suppose that there's so many people trying to. But I, I don't know how you rationalize the lack of effort i don't know how you rationalize the disparity in in talent like lack you of saw production today with the yeah, production is a better way to put it between the the lions team that now is thinking playoffs and one victory away from getting to the postseason and a Bears team that is miles away from being even that close. So, uh,
1: Listen, Like you you said something a a little bit ago about what Ryan Poles mentioned about Justin Fields and the progress he has to make. You talk to people around the league and they say we're not convinced that he can consistently win as a passer in this league. They say we're not convinced that he can be a guy that, that takes over games in the fourth quarter and wins them for you. These are big boxes that you need to be checked to be crowned in this league. Now listen, if you ask a hundred Bears fans, what they think of Jared Goff as a quarterback. I think they would tell you that guy's garbage. Jared Goff was excellent today. Yeah. I don't know what his final passing yardage numbers were. You may have him in front of you. I think it was like 255 yards, threw for three touchdowns, 21 for 29. You know, he was in control of the game. He was decisive, he was efficient, he knew where the ball was supposed to go. They did everything right today offensively.
2: 21 to 29, 255, three touchdowns, one sack only. And his passer rating was 133 and a half. I don't think Jared Goff has thrown an interception since November. I think he has gone a long time without throwing a pick. And this is Jared Goff, a big reason why the Lions are in the position they're in. And you're exactly right. There's got to be that kind of progress in the pocket from a passing attack. And a lot of that may come with an offensive line and wide receivers, but it has to show – you have to show some progress, too, from the quarterback position to that end, Dan – Jonathan Vilma in the Fox booth, I think was, I don't know. Again, we we over, you know, out of town guys, they come in, they swoop in, they have conversations they're not as familiar with the, as the locals, but he was talking at the end of the game, like Justin Fields had yet to convince even the front office that he might've been the guy and he might be trying to do that. I don't think it's that that's the case, but I do think that there seems to be a growing understanding that the bears have to improve immensely, vastly, however you want to describe it, in the passing game to be taken serious or to take that next step as an offense.
1: The conversation had uh, earlier in the day in regards to the supporting cast Justin Fields is playing with, right? Like Justin Fields doesn't have a, a, a great stockpile of weapons in his receiving core, particularly with Darnell Mooney on injured reserve. He doesn't have a really good offensive line, but go look at what Daniel Jones is playing with huh. in, in New York, right? Like his leading receivers are Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton and Richie James, I mean this is not Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, and Steve Largent that he's throwing to, and he's having a productive year. he's got the Giants in the playoffs, and so it's just like we can't just keep making a thousand excuses. by the way, Justin doesn't want you to make excuses for him. He doesn't want you to to say that it's everybody else's fault it's you know there there's no weather here today, right We're indoors on a fast track against the league's worst defense. You know, like get something yeah. done. They went right down the field on the first drive. They looked good. They looked efficient. That third and one sneak play where Cole Komet lines up under center and it's a I variation. It. of what awesome. they did. Beautiful stuff. It goes for 30 of the day. yards. Yeah. Right. And they've been, they've been trying to run that for weeks and weeks since Cole did the, the third and one sneak at Soldier Field. And, and they finally got to it today and it gets you 31. And then Justin gets one of his patented scrambles for 60. And, and you say, OK, there's things here, but now sustain it. Make it consistent. Do something in the passing attack. Justin, to his own admission after the game, says, hey, I've got to get rid of the ball. I'm trying to make things happen when they're not there. And all of a sudden, I take a sack, and it's second and 15 instead of second and 10. 10 and all of a sudden, that drive is derailed. This is a young quarterback understanding he's making mistakes, understanding he's got to learn from those mistakes. He doesn't need all your apologies and excuses. He doesn't want them. I promise you.
2: Before we get to Adam Sadzinski, bring him in for our game balls, I guess we'll give him away. Um yeah, d- don't, to don't let me forget
1: brief- the three-word reviews either three cuz I got a reviews. handful of them. <laughs> we'll
2: get to both of those in a moment, but first briefly touch on the fact I thought Justin Fields handled himself like a, you want a young leader to handle himself when Chase Claypool had a fit of immaturity that he has become known for unfortunately, this early in his NFL career, and Justin Fields addressed it on the field. He talked about it game. What do you say, Dan?
1: Yeah, look, he said he, he had to speak directly to Claypool and say, that's not helping us. Your passion is appreciated, but there are, are ways to channel your emotions in the right direction, and that's not the way to channel your emotions in the right direction. I will tell you that Chase Claypool, the second that the Bears locker room opened up to the media was hard speed walking to the bus. Like he had a, a a flight to catch. That was the speed of the walk. Boom. Right out the door is not talking to anybody. Right. And you talk about maturity and professionalism, and, right? I mean,
2: like that's a bad what? sign.
0: It's that's a bad, bad sign.
2: sign. That's a red flag.
1: It's a bad sign, and there was there was a handful of bad signs, and and, and so you, again, you traded a a a, a pick that's going to be in the high thirties to go make this guy a a, a core piece of what you want to do going forward, and you're getting nothing out of him production wise, and now he seems to be uh, a little bit volatile emotionally, and that's not the culture that you have sold to people that you were going to have within that locker room.
2: Oh, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> All right, let's bring in Adam Stadzinski, our ace producer, who. May have some thoughts on this game. If you want to hear them all, he'll be on the air for between three and six, I believe, on six seventy. The score three and, and five. five,
0: three and five,
2: five. Okay, yeah. three
0: and five. <laughs> Don't give me all an right. extra hour. Well,
2: then Adam <laughs> also uh, want to know who is your uh, game ball selection on a game that I'm not sure anybody really deserved one.
0: Yeah, uh, so I thought a lot about this, and I. Honestly, like, I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm even thinking in the fourth quarter about doing this. Like, who who are we going to give a game ball to? I don't think anyone deserves one. And, like, I know, that like, we, we're due this segment, and, like, that's the point, it's the other one way. I, I can't, in good conscience, give anyone a game ball. The whole team sucked today. So, I give us a game ball for sitting through <laughs> it. That's what, I, that's what I came to the conclusion of. Like, I, Dan, Dan you, you deserves ours,
2: Adam, because he actually flew to the yeah, yeah, to watch. Yeah, there this. You go. yeah Dan, on a holiday, not last yeah, On a holiday. Dan gets, <laughs> the,
0: game, Dan gets the game ball for going all the way to Detroit to watch the Bears lose by 31 points. Like, it, it was totally embarrassing. Like, no one deserves the game ball. This is one of those games where, like, you go back and, and you're going to watch the tape and, and break it down, you know, and see what you're going to see the receivers not getting open. You're going to see Justin holding the ball too on at times. You're going to see a complete jailbreak up front for most of the second half by the offensive line. And so, and you're gonna see a defense that lacked effort. Like, so I don't know anyone that deserves this game ball. Like, that's it was completely ridiculous today. So, David, David I'm, I'm with Angus, I'm,
1: I'm I'm with studs. I I coached the nine U travel baseball team this last summer, and we played a game in Evanston in like 102 degree heat, and it was windy. And my kids, we, we after every game, we would give out stickers for for good performances, and then the special juice sticker for someone who brought the energy and the juice. And it was a real highlight post game. We go out to Evanston, get our doors blown off, lost by like 18 runs, got run ruled, and I stood in the outfield and told those kids, "You don't deserve juice stickers today." <laughs> I, uh, did, wow. Coach Dan lost. Top that day, uh, said, Look, like nobody brought it today. And th- it was the same feeling today. There's there's certain days where, where you don't reward anything because nothing deserves to be rewarded. This was the case today with this Bears team. There are no game balls unless you want to be the guy that breaks the trend uh, here and gives somebody uh, a game ball.
2: There are no parents, there are no parents <laughs> to alienate um <laughs> with that kind of decision or <laughs> outburst. I'm not worried about that. I was tempted to go in the direction of possibly valus jones i was tempted maybe to go another direction but i will in unison and in solidarity of the take the north podcast i'm sorry joe thomas i'm not impressed by your 13 tackles i'm sorry (laughs) valus jones i'm not impressed by your 63 yard kickoff return there will be no game balls because you were all pathetic today you stunk the Bears stunk today i'm i'm surprised i'm at that conclusion but i know what i saw
1: And how about about that Valus Jones kick return, which may have been worthy of a game ball if they did something with the seven seconds and the 48 yards that they had, and then they ran one of the weirder plays at the end of the first half with the Lions dropping all 11 players in defense, and Justin Fields having no one to throw to and deciding, hey, I'm going to throw it to Aiden Hutchinson. Here's my two turnovers today. Here you go, Aiden.
2: This is the weekend for an Ohio State guy to make a Michigan guy feel better about himself because (laughs) they both had a long night's sleep uh, after watching that on Saturday. But anyway, we digress. Let's get to our three-word descriptions that we saw on the take the north pod at take the north pod on the Twitter machine Adam do you have some submissions
0: so uh, we got a ton of submissions for this like they're still coming in as I I, as I, I start a couple right too so if you run short let me know I I, I got oh, a yeah, no we, we got a ton so uh, a couple that stood out to me I mean obviously we got the tank the north one that's gonna every time we get that we're gonna recognize it because it's just hilarious <laughs> uh, so uh some some have stood out to Market garbage I felt that that was point uh a, a really really to the point and and really holding the team accountable for for putting on that that performance ahead embarrassing themselves again and uh, wasting my time it was a good one because that's how I felt I, I, I don't know about you guys in the third quarter i'm like i'm only here out of ob- obligation right now <laughs> like <laughs> because, so and then I it do Dan know knows. Adam. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, Dan, yeah, Dan. You know, especially and then uh, build the trenches with a period yep. between each word was a good one. So, I don't know, Dan, what's that out to you?
1: Yeah, I, I like that build the trenches one because you see what the Lions are doing with their offensive line and their defensive front, and they're, they're finding a winning formula. This team is discovering a winning formula, David. It's our new phrase. They're doing it. They've won seven and nine. Uh, Clayton Connors gave gave us far from relevant. I thought that one was really good because they are. They're very far from relevant. Uh, far, Mikey far. Mikey Bauman, uh, this was a good one. He gave us worse than Malort. Sounds like a guy Ooh, who I, had a rough New Year's Eve, and he's not uh, wrong. He's not wrong. How did wrong. I miss
0: that one? Oh, I just and, saw it. There it is. Okay. And then Dan
1: Rothschild rejoined. Uh, Rearranged the letters and gave us the S H I T principle, which you can't you can't uh, dislike that one either because that was what this team played like today.
2: Mine's a little wordy, but it is only three words. But it, Motor City Miserability, because it was Motor City Miserability indeed. I, I I don't know, Dan. That I can remember. I, I guess the the Eagles game is a good one, um, but it's been a while. It's certainly not this season where you felt that bad about. Everything associated with every phase of the Bears on the field.
1: In the, tw- in the 2019 sort of uh, downslide, you know, there were a few games, that Saints game at home where Drew Brees and Elvin Kamara didn't play. I, I remember the Bears did nothing right that day, and it was just one of those days where it was like, ooh, this, thing, this thing's headed in the wrong direction quickly. Obviously, in 2014, Tressman's year, you had those back-to-back games against the Packers and Patriots. But this is right, That's it's right in the team photo with those. You know, it's right there with it. My three-word review was cancel week 18. Right. Like, let's just let's just be done with this at this point, because it seems like 30 of the Bears players that played today are done with it and, and would rather just get on in their offseason and not get hurt and make some business decisions. And like, so let's just let's just reboot and turn the page for whatever's beyond this.
2: Well, I'll just wrap it up here because I, I think that it's weird because it's January 1st and on, on the first day of a new year, you look <laughs> ahead with a lot of hope and optimism and people make resolutions. And I will say this. There's a definitely a contrast here. And what we saw on the field from the chicago bears and the kind of optimism that you want to have if you're part of that organization moving forward because of what this calendar year represents and that is progress and that is hope and that is optimism because you have a lot of things in play that you could quickly get past whatever this is as a football season and move on to the off season where you've got a new stadium to finalize, you've got a, a new roster to mold, and you have money to spend, draft picks to make, and you've got a team president to hire, which I think is could be the source of your greatest sense of belief and confidence and optimism in the leadership that has been destroyed, absolutely obliterated after days like today, after a decade like this one, and after having uh, an organization that has, has dumbed us all down to watching, and we don't know what we're seeing as a football city.
1: Well, look, and this is part of my issue is like forever – there hasn't been the requisite urgency when the team is terrible or the team is struggling or the team is mediocre. And it's always just, Oh, well, you know, we'll get it. We'll get it solved eventually. No, no. Like get it solved now, get it solved soon, get it solved quickly. Make sure that you're not embarrassing yourself on on this uh, level so frequently, so consistently. And, and I I mean, I, I just, I just don't know what you take out of this game that gives you any sort of encouragement for the future that, trumps all the things that you have to be concerned about. We could make a list and we can do it on, the, uh, on our next podcast of, of 15 things that are incredibly concerning about this football team where they stand right now. Good luck. 2023 better be what people think it's going to become. Otherwise, I think we're going to get to this point next year and there's going to be a lot of hand-wringing and a lot of vitriol and a lot of anger that, that's beneath the surface right now and has been suppressed for, for a little while for, for notable reasons.
2: Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Dan Wieter's column can be found at chicago chicagotribune.com. My column can be found at 670thescore.com. Dan and I will be back Tuesday morning dropping another episode of the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube, the 670thescore's YouTube page or the Odyssey's YouTube page. And we will be talking about this on the Moulin Haw Show at uh, 5 30 on monday morning throughout the week there's a lot to discuss moving forward there's a lot to forget after this one dan i'll give you the last word i just want to say great work uh overall this weekend i know it was a difficult one but holiday weekend and all you did uh yeoman's Effort.
1: Oh thank you. I appreciate you saying that uh, my last word is just happy New Year everyone. I think uh, hopefully the, the the new year brings everyone health happiness. We appreciate uh, you, you listening to us, watching us wherever you, you you take us in at and and I just uh, I appreciate the collective passion that this fan base has, whether we always agree or not, it doesn't really matter. The passion is fun, it's energizing and and on we go. We'll see where this team goes from here.
2: Happy New Year everybody.